If the gospel is not the way of salvation, it is not a way of salvation. And we're not just dogmatic about this, we are bulldogmatic about this. Are you ready to sink your teeth into scripture and get a bulldog grip on its truth? Listen on some doctrine and get bulldogmatic. Here is your host. What does it mean to be confessional in a denomination? Okay, so for for uh, in in the deeper the way he's using it, I, I'm not sure I can answer that. But but fundamentally, it's just we make a confession. We are, we are, we we uh, publicly confess what we believe as part of our worship services. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have to say that's a, that's the the best I can do on that mm-hmm. is that unless he unless he says it uh, in a in a different fashion, basically the same thing. I think he was uh, saying that he he took an oath or something when he became a minister at the church to follow the particular uh, confessions, which I think of his church as the Westminster uh, Confession of Faith. Well, his, yeah, his, well, his, his, yes, his, his vow to the, to the church mm-hmm. was to uphold the Westminster Confession of Faith. Mm-hmm. But there are others who would be able to recite the creed and affirm the creed that wouldn't necessarily know everything about uh, the Westminster, uh, the Westminster standards. But basically a confessional Christian, I'm, I'm going to offer this and we can clarify later, but it's just somebody who's confessing a certain structured belief mm-hmm. that we just don't believe. And this is, a, I think this is plaguing the Christian church. Everybody just more or less says, I believe, I believe, mm-hmm. but, but they can't tell you what they believe. They can't offer any proof that they believe it. Right. This is something I'm going to try to bring out in our series on the church. If a person's, I just believe. Okay. Then what is the purpose of Jesus and Paul advocating the practice of church discipline? Mm-hmm. There must be a standard that we're supposed to be bound to, or right. these two passages of scripture are pointless. Mm-hmm. Why tell us how to correct erring members if my personal faith is all that matters? Right. So, so I would say that that kind of aspect is that we see ourselves not as individuals, Lone Ranger Christians, we're part of a body who all share this confession mm-hmm. of, of truth. And a lot of churches, uh, and he talks about the Presbyterianism, but the Reformed churches would do it. Mm-hmm. We aren't uh, affiliated with either one of those movements, but but I'm a firm believer in it. Because of an experience that happened in our church, uh, so there may be a deeper meaning that he's driving at. But for me, the, the the fundamental concept that could apply, I think, to every church, is that we share this confession of what we believe. Right now, now where there are rich people in our church, there are poor people in our church, there are married people, there are single people, there are divorced people, there are old people, there are young people, there are. Black people, there are Hispanic people, there are people that have an accent from England or uh, South Africa or the deep south of America, but we are all united 
I believe in God the Father Almighty. And it's that, that's the focus I would draw, uh, in addition to whatever else he might say. When, when our readers buy the book and read it, he might, they might pick up on some other things, but that's what I would suggest is the principal thing. It's what brings us together. Is there any, uh, is there any danger in a church holding to a denominational creed versus, say, holding to the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed like we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would definitely say that because of uh, issues within the Christian community, and I want to make sure I get this across: historic issues of disagreement, mm-hmm. like Calvinism, Arminianism. Okay. Now, I would suggest to you that most of the confessional churches fall into Calvinist Reformed uh, camp. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there aren't others who who do that, who confess the creeds, recite the creeds. Uh, but most of those churches are probably in the Calvinist side of the equation. Uh, I would think that there would be a danger if I if I structured to say, for example, that you can only recite this creed if you're a Calvinist. You got to be a Calvinist, or you can't recite this creed. With that, that that becomes a danger mm-hmm. because the creed is so broad that every Christian could agree with it. And I give you a personal example uh, with respect to the Apostles' Creed. Years ago, we had on our sign April, at least here in Virginia. I hope it's like that everywhere. But April is Child Abuse Prevention Month. Mm-hmm. So one year in April, we put on the sign. Shouldn't abortion be considered child abuse? And there was a Catholic doctor who drove by the church, saw the sign, called us up, told us how much he appreciated us taking a stand. And then he asked me a question. I don't want to go off on on the track of that, but he asked me a question and I referred to the Apostles' Creed and I mentioned reciting the Apostles' Creed. Here's what he said. He said, are you sure you're not Catholic? Oh, really? Yeah, because some of the stuff... So what I'm saying is that creed fits in a Catholic church. Right. That creed fits in the Orthodox church. Mm-hmm. That creed fits a Baptist, Presbyterian, a Methodist, right. because we're confessing the scripture. Right. So if I if I try to insert something that says, now now we are, uh, we're premillennialists, or we are Pentecostal, or we are uh, third wave charismatics okay mm-hmm. uh then then i'm getting in a danger because now i'm saying you could you i am implying you're only a christian if you fall into this category whereas i'm a christian because i have affirmed this as the truth of scripture right big difference there between those two things which and i think we've talked about this before which are the essentials of the christian essentials of the Christian faith. You know, let me give you some hot button issues. Uh, The coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. They didn't talk about anything except that he's coming again. Right. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. They don't get into all the premillennial, amillennial, amillennial, postmillennial. It's not in there. Okay. So if there's a denominational church that has that in their creed or statement of faith or whatever you want to call it, um, then you need to be careful in that yeah, particular I, I, situation. Now, again, I, I don't want to undermine the idea, because this would fall into church discipline, 
of a denomination saying our ministers must comply with this viewpoint. Okay. Mm-hmm. The minister has the right and the choice to say, okay, I can't stay with this organization. Right. But when we come together to worship God, mm-hmm. we don't come together on Sunday morning to worship our denomination. Right. Okay. We come together on Sunday morning to worship God. Amen. And so we need to make sure our confession centers around God, right. who he is, what he's doing, what he's going to do. Another hot button issue is, uh, uh, whether the world was created in six literal days or over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Again, the, uh, a, 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 an issue that's been debated throughout the Christian church, Augustine in the fifth century believed God did it just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, but in the creeds, it doesn't get into that. We don't, I believe God the Father Almighty created heaven and earth in six literal days, 2000, 7000, 10,000 years ago. You see, that mm-hmm. becomes divisive. Right. Because Christians have legitimate questions going back again. This is one thing many people in that, on that subject, many people misunderstand. They think Darwin was the first one to come up with it. And all this stuff happened after Darwin. And I I tell you, one of the things I've had to learn is that there were the, the viewpoints espoused by Darwin were common. Okay. They, they were already in there. He just popularized them. He stepped out on a limb. And published a book saying that, and people jumped on board. But the concepts were there prior to that. The uh, I think it's the Catholic Church that actually came out and affirmed that that God He created the world through evolution in 1902 or something. Okay, so it's very very old uh, debate, but you don't see that in the creeds. The, again, we're not we're not coming together on Sunday morning uh, to Prove that we're better Christians than the guy next to me. Right. I'm coming to worship God. And so the statements I make should be about this God. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can understand and appreciate then how even the pastor's sermons have to make sure that he's, that he's really unpacking God's word. And, and there, there is a place for those discussions about some of those divisive issues, but uh, and I can't rule out that it never comes out on Sunday morning. But the point is that when we structure a creed that seems to be designed to elevate me or my church or my denomination mm-hmm. above someone else, then I've, I've strayed off the path. Right. The creeds allow me to confess the central beliefs of the Christian church that have been affirmed and held to through the centuries and to keep a focus on God, our father, mm-hmm. on his son, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, on the move and working of the Holy Spirit, of our responsibilities to each other, of the certainty of judgment for a world in rebellion and all the implications of that for my own personal life. Do you think there's a danger maybe for some churches that are confessional? Uh, churches and adhere to uh, a creed to spend too much time on the creed um, and they let the uh, the tail wag the dog so to speak uh, I, I can't say there isn't a danger uh, but I think a diligent pastor, diligent elders diligent church board mm-hmm could prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and and, and I, I I can't offhand think of a of a of a way that that. I was just thinking in, in my mind, you know, I've I've gone to I'm not going to name the denomination, but um, I've been to a couple services in a church where they did read uh, the Apostles' Creed, and then the pastor would just get up, and it seemed like he was reading um, some sort of creedal material. It was scripture, but it was it was not a direct reading of scripture, like it, you read Romans one through eight. It would be like Romans uh, 1, 1, and then jump over to 1 Corinthians. It was a collection of, of Scripture. Um, do you think that's a good way to, to have a worship service? Or do you think that is maybe getting more into... So, uh, okay, I'm a formal, uh, you know, the creed or whatever, wagging the dog in the church in the work. Uh, okay, so well, worship what I'm hearing is the possibility that the creed is the only substance yes. that comes out. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, if that were the case, then yes, I would say that if all the, if the only scripture <clears throat> that the church received or instruction was we recited the creed. Now I can go tell you the story about what happened to me last week at the lake mm-hmm. and what I learned about God from that. That that could maybe fall into that category, yeah. But to but to get up and then expound a message uh, on this on a particular topic or on a book of the Bible, I I I would not I would not know how that could be the the creed. Uh, I have to go back and reread that, actually, because he talks about that, and I'll have to try to unpack that some more of exactly what he's driving at before I could give some kind of in-depth. Well, he goes on, he says, the fact that I am a confessional Christian places me at odds with the vast majority of evangelical Christians today. Do you agree? With that, and if you do, why? Well, I would say he's in a better position to make that statement, but I would say that's probably because the bulk of the evangelical church never makes those kind of confessional statements. Mm-hmm. They, 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 uh, and and you don't you uh, okay. So, in fairness, what you see on a TV program is not uh, not always fair. Because they're clipping it, they're editing it, so forth. But it would be my guess that, as he's saying, a large percentage of the Christian church in America has never recited the creed. They would look at you funny if you did. I'll give you an example. Remember when we had the, uh, we had our, the, the old time festival mm-hmm. and we had free creeds to give out. Yeah. And some of the people looked at it like, we were offering something cultish. Mm-hmm. Th- that's bizarre, mm-hmm. you know. But they did. Would you like a free copy of the creed? Uh, what's that? I never heard of that. So I would say yes. He's at odds with the fact that a great majority of the Christian church in America today never recites it. I know that I was a Christian for twenty years. And had never been in a church to recite the Apostles' Creed. Didn't know what it was. If I did know, I didn't pay attention to it. 
And, and then I had that seminal event in my own life, which said, well, we got to get back to basics in the church. It is why we started reciting the Apostles' Creed, which says, I believe in the bodily resurrection of the dead because of man in our church had been in church all of his life. Note mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. He thought there was a spiritual resurrection alone. Mm. He'd been in church all his life and did not know the church believes in a bodily resurrection. And so, obviously, he had never sat in a church that was confession. Right. Wasn't confessional. Um, uh, so, so, yeah, I think that, that it would be true. Certainly, it's true of all the charismatic churches. They don't make any such confession as that. Um, it's certainly true of all the liberal churches, because they're certainly not going to make a confession that Christ is coming back to judge when their constant mantra is, don't judge, don't judge. We're not supposed to judge. Then how do you put Christ in there as the judge right. coming back to judge? So they're not, they're not reciting it. Uh, the uh, word of faith, prosperity people, they're not, they're not reciting it. Uh, and you could go on and on to the number of church. So, yeah, I would say that the fact that he emphasizes the importance of reciting and affirming the historic creeds probably does put him at odds with most of the Christians in America, sadly, sadly, which goes back to my point that I've made. And, and you know, I've, I've said it many times and think I'm not the only one saying it. But the bulk of Christians in America today do not know what they believe, That's and they do not sad. know they do not what they do not know why they believe it. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they believe, and they don't know why they believe it. If if they can say it, and I, again, I, I'm, I'm hoping. I hate to keep interrupting you, but I'm hoping what we're doing on Sunday mornings with unpacking the creed more helps people to see this is what we believe. This is why we believe this. Right. It isn't just, it's in the Bible. And, uh, and that's, that's very important. Uh, you need to know what you believe, but you also need to know why you believe it. Because it's in Scripture. And why is it in Scripture? Because it's something that God wants to reveal to, to us. He wants us, to, He wants to reveal it. And you're touching on something I highlighted again. This may not be. He, in this book, they quote Romans, uh, chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess your, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then they point out the simple statement includes the fact that we believe God raised Jesus from the dead. Right. And I've tried to explain to people that our faith is particular faith. It's not blind faith. Right. It's not I believe. I believe in certain propositional statements that God has revealed in his word that he expects me to believe, mm-hmm. not just I believe. Now, you're right. A brand new Christian just prayed the prayer uh, to, to receive Christ or made a commitment to Christ. They don't know all that stuff. Right. But the seasoned Christian, that person has been sitting in church for a decade mm-hmm. and does not know that they're, 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 either they've been asleep or they're sitting in the wrong church. Right. I'm sorry. Exactly. Well, talking about uh, sitting in the wrong church, a lot of times people may move into a new area and uh, start searching for a church. And we have the Internet nowadays that we can go look at churches, and a lot of them have a statement of faith. Now, is a statement of faith 
the same as a confessional? Uh, uh, no, no, that's a creed. Or no. What's the difference there? The, a statement of faith would be more of this is what our congregation has decided. And this may be unfair, so I throw that out there. But a statement of faith, in my view, or a mission statement is more, this is what God has called our church to do in this community. Mm-hmm. This is the area we're going to focus on. I would say, well and good, but you still have to have a doctrinal background. Right. If you don't have the doctrinal background that is conveyed or founded in the, in the creeds, and specifically Nicene uh, apostles, then what is the motivation for what you're doing other than right. self-advancement? You see what I'm saying? If you don't have a structured background to say where our mission is, our purpose is, and, and we've tried that in the past in our, in our congregation, and I'm not a, I guess I'm not a very good cheerleader. I'm not, I'm not a good salesman, uh, but we've had statements like that where, for example, Paul says in Second Corinthians, we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to him. Mm-hmm. And we took the word aim, accurate in doctrine, intimate in worship, multiplying in ministry. Now, it's a great little uh, statement, okay? Right. Uh, but, it, but those kind of things have pitfalls. You can become, uh, what, well, what do you mean by accurate in doctrine? Do you mean accurate in dispensational doctrine? You see, now, now I'm, now I'm again, I've separated myself from other Christians. Right. Um, intimate in worship. What does that mean exactly? Because in some churches that would mean a bunch of emotionalism. Okay. Multiplying in ministry. What does that mean? Because in a lot of churches, they just grab anybody. We got something we want to do. Hey, you, you want to do this? And you have unqualified people who might not even be Christians doing something in the name of the church. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, a statement of faith, a mission statement, well and good to help you have a, a, a set goal and, and a plan to reach that goal. But you can do all that and not have any, um, any foundational concepts mm-hmm. you can even be brick you can be even be praised in the community uh for all the things you're doing but go into that church and ask people now this isn't we're not making this up by the way if you'll remember uh bill hybels out at uh, that big church in illinois and i can't remember now the name of it they were banging away they were they were they had programs and they had tons of people come to the church and money 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 and then he sat down one day and said, okay, I'm going to commission this group to interview our people. Mm-hmm. And he was staggered by the things they did not know. Well, So you see how the mission statement, the plan for our church in this community, all well and good. Mm-hmm. But it can leave off the most important thing of all, the knowledge of who God is, what he has done. Why are we serving him? What is our hope in life and death? Uh, which gets into the catechisms, which is a whole nother thing, but very important aspect of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's definitely a difference between the two. What should a person that's looking for a new church and they read a, 
mission uh, or a statement of faith on a website, what are some red flags maybe, or what are some things they should look for there? Boy, or, uh, yeah, that, that would be, I would, that's kind of off track a little bit that, that, you that know, question, you, but. Well, now, for example, we just gained a family, well, I say just gained a year or so ago now, great family. Mm-hmm. Um, they were forced out of their church. I don't know if y'all were here that Wednesday when I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. They were forced out of their church because they could not affirm a predispensational aspect of the Lord's return. Mm-hmm. They went searching. They found our website. They visited several churches. They found our website. They liked what they saw. Uh, the husband came. First Sunday, he sent his wife a text during service and said, I found the church. Wow. Um, but that's because we've, we've, we've stated things very upfront. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you won't have many surprises. You come to our church, you won't have many surprises. We tell you on the website how our service is conducted. We start with the Apostles or Nicene Creed. We we have prayer. We sing to God. We dive into the Word. Pretty simple. We believe homosexuality is unacceptable. We believe the Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses are part of a cult and not representative of the true God. All that's on the website. Right. Uh, I would say that if you if you go to a website and it's just promising you, you and your family will be happier here than you've ever been in any other church or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. That's a sales pitch. Right. That's not a statement of of our beliefs or our viewpoints. It's a mm-hmm. sales pitch. We have 53 children's ministries. Do you think a church that is really serious about doctrine um, would, in their statement of faith, I've seen it in some churches where we adhere to the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, uh, or different right. uh, points and essential doc, uh, teachings in, right. in the Christian faith. I, I would be I would be looking for something like that. You know, now of course we we need to we need to acknowledge this. This is another thing that's crippling the Christian church today, and it cripples me as a minister. There is no such thing as a perfect church. There's no such thing as a perfect pastor. Mm-hmm. My, I'm very word-oriented, okay? I can't offer you much else than that. Here's what I do. I'm sorry. Uh, you've heard me say this, and I, I, I said, if you're looking for a lot of pomp and circumstance and spectacularism, this isn't the church. The only thing I can give you is the word. Right. That's the only thing I can give you. If you don't want the word, then you're not going to like this church. If you're the kind of person who wants to come in and be told strong, and you want to explore the scripture. You don't want to hear just a little three three quick points about the twenty third psalm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be challenged. You want the truth to be told. You want to explore scripture. Then this is the church for you. And I think if you have a if you go looking for a church, it may not be. And there are good churches that don't don't confess the creed. Okay. Um, who don't start with a creedal confession or not a confessional church, but they're still a good church. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. The main thing is what is the doctrine you're getting 
in that? Are you getting any doctrine? Are right. you just getting a lot of, are you just getting a lot of fluff? Um, and is that what you're looking for? I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading and I'm preparing for this next series of messages, um, on the church. Um, but, but if I were, if I were out looking for a church, I would, if I'm from a confessional background, then I would have to say, okay, I'm going to have to settle for a drive to. There are confessional, good confessional churches. In fact, there's a church not far from where we're at, 35 miles, that the pastor is actually, or has been in the past, uh, on a podcast with Carl Truman called mm-hmm. The Mortification of Spin. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Carl Truman and this other pastor. So, so for example, in our area, there is a good solid confessional church within driving distance. A person would have to say, am I willing to make that drive? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to settle for, I, it only takes me 15 minutes to get to church. And then all I hear is fluff in time, specu- speculations, uh, prosperity gospels. That, that becomes a part of the search. Am I willing to drive that, that extra distance? Um, uh, one of the things that I would say to, to look out for is how much of, uh, how much emphasis is made on America? Because you're not coming to church to hear about the founding fathers. Right. You're coming to hear about the father Amen. of the, Spirits of just men right. made perfect. You see, uh, and, and this family I just mentioned, they went to a church and they're looking for a church. They found a, they found the church was pretty good. Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Everybody got up and sang, God bless America. They said, that's it. We didn't come here to hear about America. We come here to hear about God. That's right. Um, so, so you have, you have those kind of, of issues. You can look on a website. So the fact that they don't confess the creeds is not a deal breaker, mm-hmm. but it could be indicative of the fact that there isn't much doctrinal substance, that they're relying on a lot of other things uh, rather than, than the word, than the word. To be continued, we will continue this conversation in the next episode and it keeps getting more and more interesting. Be sure to like and share this with your friends, and be sure to subscribe to our channel. Thanks for listening.